preaching for you. I knew that we needed it as well as Thayer, Kansas needed it because they're universal. And the timeliness of these messages now is even more incredible. We live in a time when leadership is questionable at best. National leaders (coughs) giving in to sexual sin. Uh, Doesn't matter what a party affiliation you carry behind your last name. It seems as though sin is no respecter of persons. And I think the thing that bothers me the most is how we try to hide those things. In one case, I'm a governor in California. And then another one who doesn't have any qualms at all about broadcasting it to anybody who wanted to see. And then lie about it. Is the repentance because he got caught? (laughs) Or is it truly because they're sorry for the sin in their life? Most of us usually are sorry because we get caught. But getting caught is not a bad thing either. At least it makes us stop and consider our humanity. Today, I got an email from Claudia this, this week, and it's sure good to see her at church today, isn't it? I got a, a chance to, to uh, read her email from WorldNet Daily. Today was a spiritual treason Sunday. How do you like that for a title? Uh, a lot of the mainline denominational churches, from Congregational to United Methodist to uh, Episcopalian, Lutheran, are today in their pulpits reading from the Quran. They are reading from the Quran to show unity and harmony with those of the Islamic faith. This is the only book. It is the only book that should be read from any Christian church pulpit. It's the only book that should be followed and adhered to because of the truths here. John 14:6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. You'll not find that on any surah or any page in the Quran. You will only find it in this book. This book is inspired by God. They can say that the Quran is inspired by God. This one is. People give their lives every day for it. Continue to give their lives for it. And so I'm saddened on one hand because according to 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18, there's a warning about mixing darkness and light. And we should never do it. So as your preacher, I promise you that I will not read or preach from another book. It's the only book that I use. It's the only book I live by, and I'm not changing. If you need a preacher that will, that will be ecumenical and do things that aren't in there, uh, just let me know. (laughs) I'll I'll let you hire that one. But if you want to stand with me on the Word of God, we'll fight together. And there may be a day when I can't stand before you and say that legally. But I will stand and say it anyway. I've given all of my life to do this. I don't plan to stop now. I'm 56 years old. I'm a pup to most of you. (laughs) But there's one thing that I will always promise you as your pastor is that you will hear me preach. 
teach, and to my best ability, live the Word of God. I want to make sure you heard me say that today because I am troubled that Christian church preachers in Protestant churches across this land are reading from an ungodly book today. Sad, sad state of affairs we've gone to. So we start our series today, Forgotten Virtues. I want to start in Mark chapter 6. That's where we'll be, turn in those Bibles there. We want to talk about inner qualities. Inner qualities are what make Christians different than anybody else. And so we want to learn how to develop and in, incorporate the inner qualities, the five of them that we've pinpointed this uh, through, through today and then through July that we're going to look at. Now next Sunday we'll be dealing with the 4th of July and, and a, a patriotic type message and then we'll pick right back up in our series of forgotten virtues. But I want to talk to you today about honor. I want to show you an example of a story when Jesus was actually limited in what he was able to do because of his own hometown. The people who should have honored him the most honored him the least. Let me set some context for you. In Mark chapter 6, Jesus is returning back to his hometown, not his birthplace, but where he grew up. A year prior to the visit, he had uh, actually been run out of town. Uh, his own hometown people had threatened to kill him. So he comes back after he's been out on a tour, a uh, teaching tour, teaching the Word of God, doing all sorts of miracles, turned water into wine, raised the dead, opened blind eyes, healed deaf ears, multiplied loaves and fishes to feed thousands, even healed Peter's mother-in-law. And some scholars believe that's why Peter later <laughs> denied Christ. That's my only joke today, so just stay with me there, okay? No, it didn't happen that way. But he was doing all these miracles. And he comes back to his hometown, and he actually couldn't do much there in his hometown. And we'll see here in just a few minutes about that. But it's because that hometown lacked honor and faith. Let's pick it up in verse 1 of chapter 6. Jesus left there and went to his hometown accompanied by his disciples. And when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things? They asked, what's this wisdom that, he has, been, that has been given him? That he even does miracles. So in, in other words, they were stepping back going, whoa, who is this guy? How's he doing so many amazing things? How's his teaching so powerful? Miracles, they're amazing. How does he do these things? And look at verse 3. Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son, the brother of James, Judas, Judas, uh, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. This is that ordinary guy that grew up around here. You know, he was the guy in the class that the teacher always liked, very annoying. Always got 100 on every exam. Hey, isn't that the guy that made your kitchen table at your house? He's that ordinary guy that, guy that we all grew up with. And then look at verse 4. Jesus says to them, Only in his hometown among his relatives and in his own house is a prophet, what's your Bible say? Without honor. The Greek word is translated without honor is the word atomos. And it means here, dishonor, to treat as common or ordinary. If you want a common or ordinary marriage, let me tell you how to get one. I promise you, if you'll just treat your mate 
husband or wife as a common person or that you have an ordinary marriage, you dishonor your spouse, (laughs) you're going to have one. You know, different than the early years when you couldn't wait to see each other. Showed honor. I mean, man, you showed honor to that to that girl because you wanted to marry her. Say, so open the door, hold out the chair, put it, push it back under. You wouldn't hold it completely out, so she fell on the floor. You'd get her presents. You'd buy her flowers. You would say, you would find a nickname, and you say, "I love you," and then you fill in the blank. Snookums or whatever it is. I don't know what yours is, guys, but you know you used it. Big old strapper that you are. You were showing honor over and over and over again. Then you get married and all of a sudden, ladies, you can testify. That stopped, didn't it? It becomes routine. Instead of showing honor, you treat each other as common and suddenly what becomes common begins to show dishonor. The flip side of dishonor is the word honor, and in the Greek it's the word time. That's the way it's spelled, but it's pronounced time A. In your, in your notes, let me show you what this word means. It means to value, to respect, to highly esteem. It means to treat as precious, weighty, or valuable. When Cindy had her wreck and the car flipped on its side and slid up an embankment, the only way for her to get out was to climb through the sunroof. been always grateful for a little bitty wife. She could climb out of that sunroof. And when I got to her, she was sitting on the side of the hill in the grass. And I never was more grateful to see her. When I pulled up my car and stopped and I had to get hold of my emotions because I didn't want to walk up blubbering like an old idiot. But I was just so grateful that I saw my wife sitting in that grass, okay. And one of the firemen that pulled her out of the car, helped get her out of the car, was a guy I knew. Now, if that isn't God, I don't know who is. And he said, she is okay, Pastor, she is okay. And I will always be grateful that Marty was there that day. He said they were driving down the other side of the Creek Turnpike when they saw the wreck and was at the Yale exit, exit and came back around to help her. Is that not awesome? Not a scratch, not a bruise, no hospitalization, no doctor visit, car was repaired, cradled, God took care of her. But watch what the spirit of dishonor does to the Son of God. Look at verse 5. Jesus could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. Check it out. It doesn't say he wouldn't do it. It doesn't say Jesus would not. The Bible says he could not do any miracles except lay hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. And I don't fully understand that. But there was a lack of faith, a lack of honor, and where there was a lack of honor and a lack of faith, Jesus couldn't do what He normally would do. He could do it in other places where they believed in Him and where they honored Him, 
But tragically, when he became, when he came to his own house, he couldn't do it. And we have become a culture, for the most part, that's without honor. Who are we called to honor? Well, I want to highlight three. I think the Bible emphasizes for us three different groups. They represent, they, I mean, they, they, they mention several, but just three for today. The first group in your notes there, we should honor our parents. We're called to honor our parents. It's one of the top ten commands of God in Exodus 20, 12, where we're told, Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land of the Lord your God that he is giving you. We're told to honor our mothers and fathers, and tragically today, wouldn't you agree that we have one of the most dishonoring cultures to parents I think God cringes and cries every time he hears a teenager look at his mother or his dad and say, I hate you. I'm not listening to you. And they, hear, they say that over and over and over and over again. Like I said last week, dads, take a two-by-four and whack them right across the mouth. Well, preacher, they'll put me in jail. You know what? I'd say, DHS, you want him? You take him. Now, you know, say, yeah, you've already raised your kids. Yeah, oh, yeah, you talk big now. Well, why don't you ask my boys how their dad treated them? We prayed a lot. <laughs> Usually it was out in the laundry room, and there was a lot of prayer going on. Usually on their side. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, we need to show honor. We need to show honor. I like the mom and dad who wanted to be old-fashioned. They taught their children from a very young age, even into their 20s, their 30s, their 40s, and their 50s, to say, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, or no, sir, and no, ma'am. When a young person says to me, yes, sir, I keep thinking, wait a minute, I'm not old enough to be a sir. And that's the initial thing that comes to my mind. Used to. Anymore, I'm grateful to hear the words. Because it means some parent has really done a good job with that child to get them to understand honor. Honor. Eldon Wiesner, missionary for years and years and years in India, said they never had the impact they had until their hair turned white. Because in India, if you have white hair, you have instant honor. You may be scum of the earth, but you will be honored because of your white hair. What do we do with white-haired people in our culture? Run over them. Make them work at Walmart. At the door. Yeah. We ain't got time for them. They're old people. Get out of my way, old person. They can't even see over the, over the steering wheel. They're looking between the hole and the top, right? Going 30 miles an hour, and you, you, they're breakneck speed, you think. What kind of honor do we show? We get up close to them, and we... Shout insults at them. We need to learn to show honor, especially to our parents. And you might say, well, my, my dad, he was worthless. Man, ran off with another woman. My mom, she's a drunk preacher. Why should I show them? Respect is earned. Honor is given. And so you had to respect them. But you need to honor them because they're your mother and your, they're your father. And you never know what that honor shown to them might do in helping them understand God himself. So surrender and submissiveness 
out of grateful hearts, show honors to mothers and fathers. The second group that we're taught to show honor to there in your notes are those who are in authority. Those that God has placed over us, Romans 13 and verse 7 says it this way, Give everyone what you owe him. If you owe respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. It doesn't matter what your opinion is of any president. Clinton, Bush, Obama. It doesn't matter what you personally feel about the person. If that man walked into this church today, we would show honor and respect to the man the position that he holds. Amen? We would. We would. We may have personal issues with the person, but for the respect of the President of the United States, we would show it because we've been taught to show respect to those in authority over us. And we respond that way. And the faster you get there, let me. here's the young person message today. The faster you get there, to showing respect to those in authority over you, even if they're worthless, the greater your chance to be with God is. Because if you can't respond to those in authority over you here, how are you going to respond to authority of the Almighty in heaven? Well, I know more than my boss. You may very well. I'm smarter than my boss. I'm quicker. I work harder. You, You probably do. They're the boss. You show honor to the boss. Well, I'm going to be boss one day. Great. Work your way to get there. Don't step on people. Help people. Help people. Show honor and respect. Ladies, don't you don't like your husband? He's not a great leader. He doesn't do anything spiritually for your life. Honor him anyway. Honor him anyway. Don't treat him as ordinary and common where he won't feel empowered to lead. Honor Him and watch as He grows into that honorable position that God's called Him to do. Third group in your notes I would have you see is, is that we should show honor and this I don't mean this to be self-serving anyway, but we should show our pastors and our church leaders honor. 1 Timothy 5.17 says, The elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. It's a biblical mandate that we honor those who are spiritually in authority over our lives. You might say, well, I don't agree with that guy. No problem. still need to show respect and honor to the position that the person holds. Biscuits and gravy are a great great way to communicate your thought process. I've told you about my dear friend Doy that he cocked his head over to the left. I knew when the head cocked there was something I said that didn't register right. When going out the door, it was always, how about biscuits and gravy tomorrow? <laughs> I discovered very quickly that it really wasn't about eating biscuits and gravy. He just knew that I would swallow it much easier if I had some biscuits and gravy. Romans 12.10. So as you go out today, if you offer to take me to biscuits and gravy, I'm going to accept because <laughs> I know what that means. Romans 12 and verse 10 says this, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Is that not a great verse? We are told that we are to outdo each other in showing honor. And you might say, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do whatever I want whenever I want. I was watching a, 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 a show the other day about stupid criminals. You ever catch any of those? 
guy had robbed a convenience store of beer. This is awesome. He had gotten a whole big old deal of beer, and he was running, had them little sagging britches. And the faster he ran, the faster they fell. Pretty much tripped him. He sw- and the beer just explodes. He's got nothing. Plus, his britches are down by his ankles. It's the funniest thing. Watch him try to pull them things. I love it. Wouldn't you like to just go up and just tug on those one time? Wouldn't it be great to watch them? And they wear their long shirt. Why? To cover their underwear. Why? Because they're stupid. I told Cindy, I said, I didn't know sagging was in. I've been sagging for many years. I had no idea. That's the same response she gave me, too. So We need to show honor and respect. You know, we have people that teach and work with our kids here at church. Take a minute just to put your arm around them and, hey, say thanks. Say thanks. Because it's awesome what they do. They let you be in worship today so they can be teaching your kids. And, you know, it's awesome. Just put your arm around them. Those in the nursery, just put your arm around them. Let them know that you appreciate them and the time they took to help help out. Uh, if you really want to really show it, you know, maybe buy them a gift card to McDonald's or something. I don't know. Just something. Just a little bit of something. Doesn't, doesn't, mean, doesn't have to be a whole lot. Just a little something. One of the things that we do for those who visit for the first time here is we give them a gift, a book, uh, in the back. But then I send a, a letter out to them following their visit, and I send a little gift inside the letter. A little, little small thing, but it's something to let them know that we appreciate them coming. Of all the churches they picked, they picked us today, and we were grateful for them coming. So we need to show honor as much as we can. I mean, those that greet at the door, we've always got different ones that are out there, and uh, Verlin will be there, and he'll smile at you. When I can keep him in town, he'll smile at you. And, uh, he's been traveling a lot, and I, lo- I love the fact that he has health and means with which he can do that. Grateful that he can get out and, and enjoy life, and he's doing that. But I love it when he's at the door. He's like, how you doing? And all that kind of stuff. And that's great. And there's others that do the same thing, preparing the, the uh, communion. You ever wonder how it gets up here? Somebody has to come up here and get it ready. Uh, we used to... Uh, have a, a person pick up donuts every week and one Sunday that person couldn't be here and I forgot to go get them and boy listen fur flew out because there wasn't donuts out there and I said well you want to drive down and get them well, somebody should be going down there I said I agree with you somebody ought to go I'm still looking for somebody he doesn't run off he doesn't run off from here so show honor show honor uh, Pat does such a great job putting our funeral meals and together and come from the hospital she's She's good about calling, getting those rounded up, and getting them to the folks and uh, showing honor for that. It's, things, it's little things like that. Uh, Dwayne mentioned the birthday card. We've got somebody in the church that does that to make me look good because everybody assumes that I sent the card, and now I've let the cat out of the bag. But it's because somebody said, Pastor, I, I need a ministry, and I can do that ministry, and I thought there's one less ministry for me to do. So I was grateful. And, and Dwayne, you testified today how important that is. You want a great marriage, then you outdo each other in honoring and respecting each other, lifting them up with high esteem. And I'd like to take a moment just to honor a couple people. Kim has just uh, really grown uh, in his walk here, and I've enjoyed Kim's ministry to our kids, and he he just has a great heart for kids. Tammy uh, Dobbs is our secretary, and works uh, behind the scenes and does so much that nobody ever understands or sees 
but little things that get done, phone calls made, letters been sent out, different things that Tammy does. And uh, I appreciate that about her. She's been the longest tenured secretary we've had at church. I can't run her off. And uh, she's something. But there's one person I want to honor more than any, and that's my little wife, Cindy. I hope I don't tear up too bad, but I, uh, <clears throat> I'm forever indebted to her faithfulness. And more than that, her friendship. Uh, she, I am married to my best friend. She, has, she sees me like none of the rest of you see me. And she sees me when I'm pitching fits and hooting and hollering and running into the wall and ready to cast, throw in the towel and say, I've had it, I'm through, I'm done. And she'll sit there and just listen, let me rant and rave and hoot and holler. And then she'll start to remind me of certain people that God has used me to touch over the years. It's really a sad, sad thing for her to do that. Because that humbles me and I have to get on my knees and ask God to forgive me. And It's really true though. It's really true. But I, will, I am the preacher today. I am because of her. And her input in my life and her faithfulness to me. 34 years we've been married. 34 years we've been in the ministry. And uh, I could absolutely could not do it without her. I've grown to love Don Baker like a brother. Uh, he has stood with me when people didn't want to. He's encouraged me when nobody had good words to say. Mick Cronodal has a laughter about him, a joy about him that's infectious. I love Mick. We can be in a tense situation and He's got that warped sense of humor that God will bring something to him and he'll share it and it'll, and, and it gets everybody going. And then we, then we laugh and things didn't look quite as bad as they did. That's a gift. Uh, we are blessed with the two men that are our elders. And, you know, you can say what you want about them and, uh, gosh, they're imperfect men. They are really are. Um, but they love you. And they care about you. Uh, for Brad, Bryant, Rodney, and Aaron, our deacons, uh, absolutely couldn't do it without them. And all men who've served as a deacon and an elder in the church, the churches couldn't do without you and what you've done and given and your time and input. Uh, you don't stay in a church 17 years without having people that you love and appreciate. And that's been my blessing to be here. I had lunch with Jack and Arlene Franklin a few weeks ago. It was just such a joy. I see her getting around better than I've seen her in a long time. But I go along back with those folks. They saw me when I was a punk 22, 23 years old. And I was pretty rough around the edge. I still am, but, boy, I was really rough back then. But Jack has been the same all these years. He's always got a kind word. Always got a kind word. And that's what I love about him. Ralph Branstetter, 93 years old. Always has a good, he, he used to come in and click his heels and salute me like I was some kind of a, you know, a soldier or something. He's just showing respect and honor. And I love Jim Watson. I love our older people in the church. Jim is a great guy. You know, I wish he wasn't such a Cardinals fan, but, you know, you just do what you can with what you can. <laughs> and ever since Sue's gone, well, you know, his life changed. But I sure love his spirit.
love his heart. And uh, there's so many of you that I could go on and on about. But I honor more than anything else, and above all, I honor the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The Son of God, the risen Christ, he gave his life and touched my heart. I honor him for changing me into a new creation, for forgiving me for more sin than you could ever imagine, for filling me with his Holy Spirit and for empowering me to do the things I can't do on my own. I honor him for who he is. Why is it that we live in a culture without honor? Well, I'm going to tell you why it is. The reason our culture is dishonoring is because people aren't honoring God. The psalmist says it best in Psalm 22, 23. You who fear the Lord, praise Him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor Him. Revere Him, all you descendants of Israel. The problem is that we're treating God as common. We have become so familiar with Him. He's so ordinary. He's that big guy upstairs. He's that, uh, I had a coach that used to call him Ralph. He's the big man. Jesus is the homeboy. He ain't anybody's homeboy. He's the soon coming, returning, ruling, reigning, King of kings and Lord of lords. And when He comes back, He's coming with a sword. He is the righteous one who shed His blood that we would live. And when we don't treat God as common or ordinary, but see Him who He really is, we'll honor others because His name is on our hearts. We are not common or ordinary because we are made valuable by Him. And when we get that, we will return and reclaim the forgotten virtue of honor. It's right. It's holy. Baseball fans know the name Babe Ruth. It's been told that there were seven home run bats that he personally autographed. The very first one was lost for decades. Nobody knew where it was. They found out where it was. They traced it back. And what had happened years ago is that his agent had used one of the bats uh, as, a, as a contest, a home run contest. And some guy won it, and then he just kind of disappeared in the crowd. They didn't know who he was or where he was, and for years he kept it as an honored possession. On his deathbed, he had outlived everybody in his family. He gave it to his nurse. The woman who served him, and he said, you're, my, you're the closest person that I know and, and I love, and I want to give you the most valued possession that I have. Now, she didn't know a lot about baseball, but she knew it was pretty special. And so for the next 18 years, she kept it in a safe place under her bed in honor of the guy who gave it to her. Well, she had fallen on some hard times financially. She was trying to open up a new business, and she thought, I wonder if that old bat's worth anything. So she takes it down to the sports place and asks the guy, is this worth anything? The guy's eyes almost jump out of his head. He walks back, brings out some other experts. They look at it, and they believe this is actually the very first autographed bat that Babe Ruth signed. It went on auction, and in 2006, it sold for $1.3 million. So she opens up a restaurant. And then she takes all the remaining money and started a foundation to serve children that Babe Ruth wanted to serve at the end of his life. And when the reporter asked her, why did you put all that money into a foundation to help others? And she said, listen to this, the bat was only valuable because Babe Ruth's name was on it. So the only reasonable thing I could do was something that would honor his life because he made it valuable. You are valuable because of what Jesus did. And if you are a believer, 
because His name is on your heart. The only reasonable response we have is to do something with our lives to honor Him. In Isaiah 29, 13, it says, These people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. We will not be a generation that gives God lip service, but we will give Him heart honor because He is truly the only one worthy of honor and praise and glory. Let's pray together. Father, I ask You this morning, to touch us, to remind us in a very real and personal way why we do what we do. And Father, we wanna, I want to ask you to move in the hearts and lives of your people that meet at this church. God, I want them to be God-honoring, Christ-honoring people. Doesn't do much good if we talk a talk, if we don't walk a walk. So God, today, today, would you be real to us? Would you move in us? Would you remind us to show honor to parents, to those in authority, to our spiritual leaders? And more than that, to show honor to you. And there might be some here, Father, that are just saying, you know, preacher, I really haven't been doing a very good job at showing honor to people. Today would be a great day to start that and make that change. Whatever need might be available, be present. Move in them, Jesus, in your name. Amen.